0: Hello and welcome to Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today I really, really, really want to talk about family ancestral shrines, specifically how helpful they are with the grieving process, with the transition process, and just, I feel like just giving a really good basics of it. Now, I really know that a lot of people have a lot of triggers or have not maybe the best relationship with their families. So I'm going to try to keep this episode as <laughs> as entertaining as possible, like as funny as possible. And I hope that we can really talk about these things in a light way and really engage in the spirituality, in the energetic mechanics of relationships, of communal relationships, and really be able to transcend and lean into the beautiful, virtuous aspects of it. Yeah, I know it's a lot of big words, but we're gonna, we're gonna dress everything down. It's gonna be great. Okay, first of all, if you haven't attended my workshop around ancestral healing, maybe that would be a best place to start if you're waiting or wanting a shamanic journey about this. Like if you want a journey process... Because this episode is not gonna have that, I'm gonna describe more cases and angles around it. Okay, so I have a class. It is in my bio. Uh, it is, mm, it, it's under Gumroad, right? So ancestral healing, right? It's a recording. Anyway, just to give an overview for people who aren't interested in having a journey, like they just want me to talk. Maybe you're, you know, you're doing. Uh, your work or your driving or something so you just want me to explain things so I'm gonna do that now first of all when when two people gather right and you have a good collaboration a good relationship there's a synergy right imagine more people usually a family you could even have a little bit of like a like a small cult of friends right you know Taylor Swift concert A huge number of people unified around a certain song, right? The exponential increase of energy is big. And if you believe that our family is our soulmates, that we choose each other as we incarnate in this life, and that we do pray for each other in several lifetimes, especially if you're talking about soul family, somebody who feels familiar for ages imagine the amount of energy that builds up now if you look at chinese and indian traditions there will be certain even okay even balinese okay so when i mention chinese and indian it's usually just easier to google them that's why i mentioned them but i i don't i i, I do agree that other cultures have this as well but basically There are family shrines, ancestral shrines. There are veneration of certain people and energies. And I understand that some people are like, isn't that heresy or uh, how can they really be saintly? Right? The thing is, the thing is, one must understand that in the astral, symbols can be really powerful certain energy forms can be really powerful and so for example one of your grandparents was like a really good poet or even let's look at philippine history gumburza right when they were martyred uh, their cassocks right for the early Katipuneros. so for my international uh listeners This is like revolutionary heroes during the Philippine independence. So their cassocks, their outfits, right? They cut up small pieces of their outfits and made them into talismans, amulets, for the revolution coming true, for hope to exist. So there's definitely this sanctifying, making sacred uh, sign assignment, okay, of what these people become, right? So if you think about it, Gumburza isn't necessarily... They didn't necessarily become saints, but they became very symbolic and instrumental to a large group of people, right? So think about... So when your ancestors or when you venerate specific uh, people, right... It's not because you're making. I'm. I'm especially speaking to Filipinos because they might think that this. They're like we're treating them as saints, but no. It's really more like what is the symbol that you want to keep about them, right? So for example, I have a grandfather who's very Saturnian. He's very strict. He's very orderly, not in the most healthy way because he's he's quite heteronormative macho about it. But the thing is that. His stability, right, his his consistency, his structure, his willingness to keep you via this earth structure was just so beautiful that even if he was like a nuanced being, like a complex human being, after death, what I choose to venerate about him or what I choose to keep or relate to him as a symbol is structure, is Saturn right because that is the best part of him right it is the part of him i want to learn from it's it's a very conscious and intentional relationship with that aspect of life right so i know that i've i've interacted with a few people that have a hard time with grief or with passed on loved ones. Maybe you lost your father early, or maybe you had a very tragic way of losing your parents. Maybe uh, a key family member was even shitty, right? And they died in a certain way in your mind, right? So maybe, you know, you lost them to gambling or say, you know, the father was irresponsible or something. Or maybe they just died with cancer, who knows right, and sometimes the grief is so big, is so unmanageable is so ungrockable, like you cannot understand it. you don't even know where to start you don't uh, you you don't even know the ramifications of how it affected you, how it changed you as you were growing older this 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 mythical being of like a mom that didn't raise you right or or you were too young to understand the impact of your grandmother right now i really want to encourage people or let's say you you spent decades like needing to take care of like a grandparent that has dementia right or even a parent that has dementia so my point is that i really encourage people that You can simplify these relationships with these key persons into a virtue, a word, maybe even a lesson, right? So for example, you don't really understand who your mom was before she died. And you're like, okay, every time I think about her, I always think about how she birthed me. So she is grace or maybe she's even like compassion because I see how she changed my father into a compassionate being, right? So every time you think about her, it's like compassion, right? I may, may your spirit, I connect with the multidimensional aspect of my mother's soul. Uh, May she rest in peace, but also I connect to the divine compassion that was expressed through her. Okay, so the thing is when we're so attached with the human expression of a grieved loved one, the problem with that is that sometimes you get echoes and sometimes their soul itself has a hard time moving on because they still have they're still wanted here they're still their fullness their shad um I really want to say that it's kind of hard to tie an entire soul here when it's supposed to pass on. But what I'm saying is that since you're wanting the fullness of them, a full echo or ghost of them stays. And that's kind of sad because it means that it's a little bit... I wouldn't say it's not digested, but I would say that... You know how... uh, Okay, uh, the metaphors I want to reach for is, you know how like wine kind of tastes like when we're making wine, the grapes taste rotten first before it ferments and then it becomes like this juice and that it becomes beautiful afterwards, right? There's the fermentation process, right? So I feel like if we're just clinging to what was lost, like it's like a giant laundry list, it feels like it's all those grapes in the vat, right? We're still kind of just trying to squish everything together and it hasn't been reduced down to its essential matter, right? You can think of other cooking metaphors of like when you need to reduce a soup, right? Yeah, because if you, you keep it in its soup form that's not reduced... It kind of takes so much space, right? It's it's like you're animating somebody who's not here. Yeah. And as much as I do agree that all timelines exist at the same time, that people live on, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I also feel like there is a respect to life itself and its own process. And I feel like when I talk about grief... You let someone, you let yourself lose someone. You let them die, basically. And I feel like this reducing into a lesson, right? Into a virtue, right? Is very important because if, if in spirit, you really want to still have a relationship with that key family member. If they have a role, like, Please, for example, a son you lost. You're like, please, son, stay with me. Teach me how to see the world with the eyes of a child, right? Or uh, you lost your sister, and it's like, please, sister, I still need, uh, I still need someone to help me understand our parents. And nobody understands me like you because you're my sister, right? So if you're that specific. I honestly think, I honestly see also that in the Akashic level, they will permit guiding souls, spirit, uh, ancestors basically, right? To they're allowed to have a relationship with the living, right? When their roles are this clear, right? Because it's no longer an attachment of you need to like exist you you need to be human again or you need to incarnate again no 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 it's uh i can relate with you because you still grow me right my lost son still opens my heart to love it's still he, he is still you know how those people make foundations off of uh lost family members right so and a lot of those are like, wow, you, especially the ones for kids is like, wow, you really opened me to love and to living in a now. So when they invoke like Claire or this, this young person, right, it's always with this reverence and sanctification, right? And I feel like, especially for people who have a hard, um, who are always judged for, not grieving properly, not letting go properly, or kind of being too obsessive about, like, a passed-on family member. I really want to say that, or if you have somebody who is like this, I really want to say that if you have a very sanctified relationship with this, you know, this, this lost loved one, it can be a very transformative experience their their gifts can be channeled through you right so for example um my grandfather Saturn may not have its full expression anymore here in the 3D realm but it lives on through his family members through his uh the people he has influenced taught and affected right and to be honest I think that I only was able to grasp a depth of his Saturn now that he has passed on. It's almost like it's almost like they had to go to be able to give you that. You know what I mean? You know how like there's uh, ulam, there's food on a table, and I need to not eat it so that you can eat it. Kind of shenanigans. I know that the I know that life is infinite and all that, but the thing is some energy forms are built, right? They're built. And the thing is, they're also, like, inherited or given. So what I'm trying to say is that maybe they don't want to hold that energy anymore. And they're, you know, you hear this with old people, Pagod I'm tired, right? And the thing is, if they're too tired to carry that role, that energy, sometimes they will just give it to you as a blessing, Right? I read it. It gives a little bit of a monarchy vibes, okay? And I know that some people are really angry at monarchy energy, but just let me explain for a little bit. But it's like, I readied you to handle this, and now that I am going, I'ma give it to you, okay? So there's this sense of I prepared you for this and I want you to have it. Now, I, I completely understand when people don't like monarchy because a lot of, you know, these ancestral holds of power can be quite corrupt and can be quite abusive right but the thing is the reason why there were like family case or like a family bias you know when people say great wall of china sorry that is like a filipino slang term for when it's really hard to court a chinese girl because their family prefers chinese men but the point the reason why that exists is because the momentum of what they give or what they let their kids inherit is very specific right and they want to keep who um they they want to continue it and take care of it properly and i completely this is kind of like capitalism (laughs) i'm so sorry if this is like a little bit of a reach for other people but it's similar to capitalism in a sense that it can get really corrupt but the main idea of wanting to make sure there's an abundance of capital for everybody is nice, right? Not being holistic perspective is horrible, right? That's, that's what's wrong with capitalism. But in the same way that monarchies are like people who want like these ancestral um, inheritances, right? You know, political parties that run in the same family the idea that a family can caretake an energy form, especially on a soul incarnation level, is really, really powerful. It 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 has a lot of potency. But at the same time, I completely understand that it could be super corrupting and super selfish. So I'm just kind of explaining things because I feel like Newer generations, or some people who kind of go against more traditional values or concepts of family might have a hard time kind of understanding why why why, why do we even worship these family members right why do we why are we such a stickler for keeping the family together right et etc cetera, etc cetera. so i 'm just kind of explaining from an energetic perspective why that could be beneficial because we do inherit these values we do inherit a lot of these energy forms especially if so for example uh so for people who didn't listen to my other episodes uh i'll just summarize my grandpa has a big devotion to mama mary uh a specific version of her the one in bico and the thing is he's garnered like a lot of (laughs) i keep saying energy form so i'm like that's just vibes okay like just a lot of lucky vibes around her around her her energy her totem right and i feel like the when when he gives like these little images of her this specific version of her from biko um the level of protection the level of guidance that the family members enjoy afterwards is just much bigger right so i guess i guess what i'm trying to explain is that i i want folks who maybe don't have the most solid family structure to have a concept of how to pray for your family right how how to how to be devoted to spirit and also lift everyone else around you via the force of your energy forms, okay? Yeah. Like, imagine a mother praying for the safety of her child. Or I have this friend who was saying that she's really lucky in airports. Like, she she has gone to very dangerous places alone and yet she really feels the tangible prayers of her grandmother and that she's never been actually scared and it's not from stupidity it's from she can actually feel the force field of that shield and protection and I was like that's amazing one but two you can also multiply that and bless that to other people almost like a river or a water wheel where like the amount that you're giving out also returns and gives out and returns right so it's kind of how mm, you gonna see like groups of people or families who are like for example they're just good with money like they're just very generous or there's these people that groups of people are like they're just very creative like families of artisans who are just so they enable your musical genius just via vibes right and Again, I want to emphasize to people that we exchange energies with people just by sitting with them. People teach by way of being, not necessarily through words. So when you have these family gatherings or you are invited, for example, to, for example, that family of musicians, or you go to a concert, (laughs) you know, like an indie concert of like different jazz musicians. There is a frequency a an availability of that musical enablement in the air, right, and as much as you can visit that in a concert, if you're constantly steeped in one, for example, via a family, the amount of fertile soil you have to become, for example, a musical artist is much higher right it 's just really beautiful. And my point is that if you are somebody who really, I know that some people who follow me are like mothers or are very uh, family centric, like they really want to protect and pray for their family. I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> I I really um, some of the strongest prayers, most solid guides I've seen are ancestral ones, and. The thing is, uh, the you know, the quip that go be a good future ancestor, and that's perfect because what is your concept of future? Which way is the future? Um, And that's like a trick question because everything's like happening at the same time. So you are already are a future ancestor. And as much as you're receiving like the gifts of those who have prayed for you, you could also pray for everybody else. Right? So... Other than situating the relationships, the virtues that you want from past family members, right? what I also want to encourage people is that when you turn around and look at yourself, what is it that you imbibe and teach and offer to people? This sounds like a relationship question. <laughs> it's like the dating question. Like, what do you have to offer, right? And it, Not really on your Bumble account, but you know how you, when you match up people, like, what do you offer? What do you offer, right? And the thing is, my family blessing is going to be totally different from how my grandfather blesses his family. I'm definitely more for, like, enablement like a childlike wonder exploration wisdom ideas uh i believe in you so much that i know that you can do it right i i don't need to hold your hand through it but i will be like i'll I'll cheer for you while you are doing it like i will believe in you right so the, the way we pray is different from each other but kind of complimentary, right? So I do... And I know that mine sounds very Aries. <laughs> well, I am one. But the thing is... Yeah. um, It's more... Hmm. You know how like some people get good at... Okay, okay. I, I want to say two things. The reason why praying for other people works is because the person who is being prayed for, right like, for example, the client, quote-unquote, they they might have some psychological blocks, thought forms that are, you know, just just person is in the hole, so they cannot make the ladder that helps them out of the hole, right? So even if we are in our own holes, right, we can still build ladders for other people by virtue of just being situated in a different place. So this supplication... Right, this uh, this assistance from another person can be really powerful. Right, when you pray for other people, sometimes it's just so much more effective than when you pray for yourself. Okay, now the thing is, here's a trick math econ question, or I I wanna <laughs> I keep wanting I keep wanting to give examples, but my point is that. If that is true, right? Wouldn't be the most effective thing is that we pray for everyone all of the time. Right? So there's this experiment, right, of there is a bunch of balloons in a big box and it has a different names of everybody, right? And if each person goes in that room just looking for their own name, they will have it will take forever to find. But if everybody just goes in the room and picks a random balloon with a name that might not be theirs and they just look for that person they just say, "Oh, I picked up an Angela. Angela, this is yours, right?" Immediately in two steps you would f- the balloon would find its owner. And if everybody would do this, everybody would find their balloon faster. Right? And this is kind of like a metaphor to everyone's heart love purpose, virtue, value, it's just so hard to find what exactly it is that you are giving on a spiritual level without the mirroring or the assistance of another soul. It's just how things work. It's just a little harder, okay? And the thing is, some of your earliest mirrors is your family. And if you're older and you built a family or you're somebody who has, like, a smaller version of a family, so maybe it's work or maybe it's chosen friends, which is also completely wonderful and beautiful, they are your mirrors. They are, they are the people you're giving the balloon to. And they are, like, also some of the people who give balloons to you right? There's this benevolent generosity, abundance, quickness, almost, when we do this. And this is why I I know that some people... Damn, (laughs) I really feel like I'm really trying to explain this for everybody. But I know that some people have a hard time praying for other people because they think that Um, it teaches other people to be helpless, or that it's also mm, you're teaching someone not to be self-motivated, or like self-loving, or to know that the healing comes from within them, right? I completely understand that perspective, but I really want to say that some people's karma right? Their stuck feeling or their worst situation is sometimes really not their fault, (laughs) okay? Yeah. And sometimes that's also a very privileged thing to say. Like a lot of self-care is a lot of privilege because you have the mental emotional energy to assess yourself, right? When you're when you're so much more stressed, so much poorer, you have nothing. You have no resources to care for yourself in that way, and yet you are still part of life, right? So I I, so I completely understand this whole self-motivation thing, this whole you're, you're, you, you are your own teacher kind of thing, but I really want to speak to that, that it doesn't exempt you from... Really listening to the most marginalized, right? They they are the ones that you should be, that should be really included in all of our prayers, yeah, and all of our actions. Honestly, I I I know that we're not only supposed to pray for them, but anyway, circling back, <laughs> circling back. I also want to say that you were not built via self motivation only, right? One of the coolest things about humans is that, or one of the reasons why we have such space to evolve on a gene pool level is because we are, quote-unquote, helpless longer. Like, if you compare us to other animals, uh, the length by which it takes for us to walk, the length it takes for our brains to fully form, it takes us a while compared to other species, but that long-term investment is exactly what makes us evolutionarily have more advantages or have more seats for the soul or for consciousness, yeah? So what I'm trying to say is that if you think you were self-made, what about, you know, what about the people who took care of you when you were like zero to six months old? or the soil that didn't judge you for, you know, wanting to become food and become your body, right? Isn't that your self too? If your concept of self really is just when you say you're like self-motiv so self-motivated and self-loving, right? And and there's this beautiful honoring of the self, right? I want just I just want to heal or I just want to feel better. I want to put me first. I really want to encourage that your concept of me kind of just explode. Because who, where does you, where does you and me end, right? Where, where did the love that grew you, right? The love that grew you. I don't care if it came from anime, from media, from your, a random kuya or older brother figure. The love that grew you where does it really start and where does it really end like if it's real love where where does it end and the thing is that when we are so stiff with our concept of who we are and what is mine and how i help myself i am helping myself i am fixing this right it really limits our sense of moving forward Right, and I really want to speak to how a lot of Asian cultures, familial culture setups, even honestly, Filipino setups are also quite, I wouldn't say enmeshed, but definitely entangled. (laughs) And the thing is that in our communities, when we heal, right, family therapy is more important, relational situating is more important. Because the communities is what heals us more often than this rugged individualism, right? And I know that it's kind of like this whole paradoxical thing of like knowing yourself as an individual helps you become a person in the community. I completely understand that it's paradoxical that you need to individuate but also belong. (laughs) I, I know this is like it's it's like why am i doing two opposite things right but the thing is i swear to god it becomes the same thing when you know how you want to contribute to community when you know when you understand that the village grew you and when i say a village not just like the different people but literally like the sky right the school the the roads uh, those have those all have it. the little elementals. They grew you, okay? They were your friends when you were a little kid, right? And and for some of y'all, they're still your friends now. But my point is that you were all of that. You were all of that, and the thing is, who you are in relating to that—it's almost like a. You know, those magnets, there's a positive and a negative pole, and maybe they're not even touching, and yet there's this energy between it, right? There's this, right? There's this force between them, right? So these individuals or these energies can be completely like individuated away from each other, meaning they're not physically touching. But there's this, wong, wong. there's this magnetism, there's this force that kind of, like, replies and forms and exchanges with each other, right? It still connects you with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I really hope that, um, I feel like, I, I know that a lot of people... Can approach relational relationships from like a very relational psychology perspective. Like, okay, let's let's categorize people as avoidant or as um, a runner, right? As defensive, or somebody who has PTSD, right? But what I'm trying to offer in this podcast is that. The philosophy, the metaphysics, the energetics of what relationships are, your sense of identity, right? And the benefits of, like, a group momentum of virtues, energies, alignments, right? Even when you're, like, aligned to certain deities, right? That's, like, a bigger family, right? When you've kind of combed out your self beliefs, your self-philosophies and energies around these ideas, not only will you feel more communally supported, that you are belonged, wanted, and loved, but you will also feel more enabled to be yourself. Right? Because you're healthier. Okay. I know that I know I'm kind of jumping a little bit, but I hope I and I'm trusting that you guys can catch up. Um, and I also want to say that I, a lot of people have woundings around belonging, right? Around being wanted, about being accepted somewhere. Like like it's kind of stressful to exist <laughs> on some levels, right? And it's just tiring to be misunderstood right it's just tiring and i really want to say that other than you belong to yourself that's one (laughs) two i feel like okay let me backtrack for a little bit i feel like some of the energies that people need to heal like they would be um Liberated when they heal these things is a concept of family, like a real concept of a real family and love that comes from that. And by extension of that, what is a real community, right? And the thing is that when we come, when we define those terms only coming from pain, right? Only coming from not this, not that, not that. It doesn't really become an inspired definition, right? Because it's almost like saying, I'm making a recipe and it's like, don't put too much salt, don't put too much sugar, don't put too much, don't, don't do this. And it's like, I don't know how to make it. <laughs> I, I don't know how to make the fucking cake because you just told me what not to do. It's not what I am doing, right? So I feel like a lot of people have a definition of family or community that is coming from a do not do not, do not, rather than from invention, or rather than from, like, a solid definition, right? And I really want to show you that through, like, for example, this ancestral episode, that this family, right, this family, this community that prayed for you, for your protection, that gave their most virtuous aspects to, to love and keep you across timelines, right, That's, like, what family is. And they recognize who you are. You're you're individuated from each other. And yet, there's this magnetism. There's this exchange and union with everybody. Because to be loved is to be changed. But also, where does you and me end, right? There's a... I wouldn't say fading, but there is more... You know how like rainforests, uh, they, they kind of like the forces of the wind affect the soil, affect the bird, and the bird houses in the tree, and its poop like informs the ground, and the ground is enmeshed with the uh, with the worms. What I'm trying to say is that nature and its ecosystems. Is like so beautifully in harmony with each other and like fall into, rely into, sense into, affect into each other, right? An organism is only parasitic to an ecosystem if it's, for example, uh, not endemic, right? It's, it's, uh, it, it is, for example, a fox that eats too much of this specific prey and it's like causing the ecosystem to be off-balanced. But anyway, my point is that that harmonious ecosystem where all these disparate forces are kind of informing each other all at the same time, that is the dance of Lila. That is the dance of life, right? That is the dance of you. That is the dance of family. That is the dance of community. That That is how you handle all of these things happening at the same time. Right, it is trusting that the natural intelligence of your own life, the wisdom of your own life, knows how to respond as life, because you are just like that bird in that rainforest, and that you just know where you will situate yourself, right? And that there is this cacophony, this whole, uh, this whole freaking system that is supporting your existence, and that. You, you, mulatka, you are open and you are cognizant. You know that you belong, that you are stitched and belonging in that system. And I know that we we say that we we say that when we try to console ourselves that um, that I belong, that I'm wanted, right? But honestly, nothing also beats like a straight up realization. Like you just witness that I am supported and am belonging to this intricate stitch of life. There is a calmness that arrives upon that realization. Because the anxiety for needing to fit somewhere or the anxiety of like begging for a certain kind of approval just dies it just stops because you become alive and witness to how you are infinitely supported you see what i mean so if we have blinders like horse blinders on our eyes all the time this symphony right this miraculous intelligent moving becomes unavailable to us and yet when we put the horse blinders down we become more of a witness to this ecosystem of support so when i say this ecosystem i do i don't i do mean like ancestral prayers everybody who's ever loved you everybody who's ever prayed for you but i also mean nature right i also mean the ground i also mean the tree spirits, the the wind who is your sister, who is your brother, right? Um, and sometimes a lot of people, you know how when you don't have a lot, and because you're so anxious about not having enough, you make these little games to make them feel more, it's almost like you have a lunchbox, and it's like, oh, I'm going to divide it into four or I'm going to group it into one and then one half, one half like that, just to make it feel like there's more, right? Just to make it feel like there's a difference. And the thing is, it's so microscopic because you're just looking at your lunchbox instead of just seeing the whole cafeteria as yours, seeing the whole forest as yours. I feel like a lot of this nitpicking, a lot of this workshopping, right? Especially people who love like these mental coaches, right? You, you do all of these tricks, right? You do all of these tricks to make what you think is in your launch box bigger, right? You, you you have all of these hacks, right? To 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 kind of bolster your sense of self, right? But what I'm asking you to do is to kind of just look up from your lunchbox and see the whole forest as part of you, right? I'm not trying to self-improve you. I'm trying to expand your sense of self, okay? There, There is nothing to be improved on. Only truth that is always available to be realized. So the thing is that, If you were more self-compassionate, that maybe you were young or that maybe you were ignorant or maybe you were honestly maybe just not compassionate at one time, right? Maybe you did your best at that time. But it doesn't take away that you were part of this symphony, that you were part of this, you know, this this big, beautiful or... Self intelligent You know how like the, the rainforest feels chaotic but at the same time it is so organized. It is so intelligently organized. So when I I when when I really want to encourage people to heal their sense of community, their sense of family, it's also really addressing the myopicness of a sense of self like your sense of self cannot be this narrow anymore your sense of self needs to be plural yeah your sense of your sense of self also includes your favorite mentors your favorite books your favorite uh, <laughs> your favorite podcasts <laughs> your favorite shows your your favorite authors your favorite directors your favorite people your favorite influencers hell right your favorite business owners your favorite Uh, teachers right and yeah yeah and i feel like when you have this plural plurality within you harmonizing a group right harmonizing a group on an energetic level like a family or a community becomes a little bit easier Because you expand. You've naturally expanded and included them already. So I want to give a little bit of a exercise so that people... I know that (laughs) the thing with realizations is is you kind of just sit with them. I know there's like a digestion process. I know some people want to journal stuff and want to like map stuff out. But true wisdom, you just kind of sit with. And it kinda just percolates and just kinda ripples out your entire system. It just affects you. You don't you don't have to you don't have to math a realization, right? There's no journal prompts for it. You just sit with it. Um and I feel like I do also want to be kind to the people who do want a little bit more steps, who do want a little bit more of a process. They want to hold on to the railings of this. And I'm like, okay, sure. And the railings of this looks like you sitting with your key relationships, like the people who really do grow you, both alive and dead, both in your life physically and not. Right? And see what virtues really, really delve into the what aspects of them really are sanctified. Make it sacred. Like, is it divine fun? Right? Is it a sense of artistic inspiration, of someone walking with you as you are growing? up into adulthood or even older right is it um i don't know why i want to say the word eruditeness but you know what i mean like when you you have somebody and you're like oh they're good and so yeah um really pick these key people that really inspire you and yes alive and not alive who cares right you personally know you don't know And really make it sacred. Make it sanctified. Define your version of safety through these energies. Divine your... uh, I love how define and divine sound alike. Define your concept of family. Right? Define your... I I know that a lot of people get a lot of pain from family, but also a lot of beauty and love. And the thing is, you, you... we make a lot of plans for our careers but have you ever really sat down and said this is what i want family to mean to me right have you ever sat down and said this is what i want family to mean to me this is what it means for me to show up for my family this is how i love them this is how i pray for them right have you been that intentional And when those definitions are clear, right? And I I don't even want to say it's like a wordy definition, but more almost like, you know how like a definition of a camera, like the clarity of a vision, right? So it's the definition vision of what community and family relating, like those key formations, right? Two people, three people, your core immediate family, your larger family. Is the vision good? Is your definition, is the pixels good? Do you know what it is? Do you know you know how you want to love and pray for them? Because when you know how you want to contribute, and love them, and I know that some people are like, "Oh my God, it's a question and answer portion that I don't know how to answer because you know, this is a hard question, Miss Universe, <laughs> Miss Universe pageant, right?" And the thing is, um, I don't really need you to answer via like words. Maybe you're a person of action, maybe you're a person of uh, presence maybe you're a person of metaphor and and like images, right? That you are a hearth, that the way family is becomes like a hearth or a really long table of food, right? Maybe it is a song that names every ancestor in a chant, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's, moving forward with your own life right where their dreams protect you because they wanted more for you than you could have ever imagined so i i just want folks to be able to harness this energy not just on a I want people to understand that when we have shamanic journeys, when we have vision journeys with our ancestors, we are accessing maybe a deeper subconscious relating to them, touching base with them, just their energy. But being able to know, and when I say know, it's not like a mental knowing, just just like gnosis, like, you know, I know what family really is what family means to me how family what family means to me moving forward how i want to build it and cultivate it what community is what leadership is right when you know right that deep kind of knowing it's a little bit higher up the subconscious thing. Like, it's less subconscious because your mental has caught up, but there's this bodily integration, and you just move with this kind of knowing. Like, it's almost like your spine has, like, my <laughs> respite. Like, you have a good foundation. You, your spine has good support. There's like an engineering integrity. To how you move into the world because you are supported you are buttressed by your knowing yeah so uh i understand that some people can get really into like vision journeys and like harvest a lot of information but this is kind of like you float up a little bit like a few <laughs> a few hundred meters up like a little bit more to the surface and you just come into knowing Right? There is a mystery to love, and there is a knowing in love that's also beautiful. All the contemplative practices are around that, right? So, I I do want to say that you can come to know how you feel about family, how you feel about ancestors, how you feel about heritage. And if you don't really have, like, a great biological family, you definitely have a spiritual family. Your your soul has one. And the land has one. Uh, your chosen profession has one. It, it There is a legacy of, like, for example, painters or sculptors or, say, writers or uh, martial artists, actors. There is an ancestry towards that. You know, how, like, Beyonce says that, oh, Tina Turner grew me. Like, she raised me, right? In the same way that Beyonce raised me as well. So there's this, yeah, allow your le- allow your sense of legacy and heritage to be wider. I feel like this is, like, a good note to leave on. I will leave a link to the Gumroad Shamanic Journey thing in the podcast description, but I hope that uh, this episode also served you well with expanding your sense of self, slash, ancestry, etc. <laughs> yeah, if you really like how I speak, how I work, um, how I do things, please do support me. So I have donation links. I have a pay, um, sorry, a Patreon. I also do on one-on-one sessions if you want, like, channeled messages from spirit for like how to move forward with things or just to discern certain things. I really, really, really want to focus on the spiritual development of people so um so if you're in a community or with yourself please do join my classes or invite me to whatever and yeah i think that's it please share with anybody who you think would benefit from this podcast and yeah ciao catch you in the next one